This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what, that was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! Some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. He won the NFL MVP in 2020. Now he's on a fantasy football bust list in 2021. Talking about Aaron Rodgers and other busts. It's all based on average draft position. These are players who are being drafted too early. We welcome you to the show. This is Fantasy Football Today, and today's episode is presented by Sonos Arc, the premium smart soundbar for TV, movies, music, gaming, and more. Stay tuned for additional details about Sonos Arc later in today's show. Hey, Dave and Heath. Let's go to Heath first. Hey, Heath. Hey, Adam. What's it's up? so great to see you. I have been looking forward to this all day. It feels like I've had to wait even longer than normal. <laughs> and Dave, uh, how's the how's the new HQ podcast studio? Looking it's good? great. Thanks for asking. Can we hurry this along? I've got preseason games to watch. Oh, God. Okay. Looking forward to that. Um, all right. So we're going to start with looking at some of the busts that you guys provided for me before the show. Heath has Josh Allen, Justin Herbert. It's all based on ADP, so we'll explain. We'll give context. Leonard Fournette, Adam Thielen, and Kyle Pitts. I should mention, just in case any of you out there aren't aware, ADP, I say it all the time, it's average draft position. It's where these players are being drafted on average. Dave's busts, according to average draft position, Aaron Rodgers, Josh Jacobs, DJ Chark, Tyler Higbee, and in all caps, all Texans before round 10. So the first question is, when I gave you those lists... Is there a bust that you disagree with? Dave, do you disagree with any of Heath's? Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Leonard Fournette, Adam Thielen, Kyle Pitts, and where they're going? Uh, I disagree with two of them. I disagree with... I I agree with the premise of Allen and Herbert. I think they'll be good. I just wouldn't take them where they're getting drafted. I disagree with Thielen at 53 overall. I think that that's fine to take. I know he's a little touchdown heavy from last year. There's no question about it, but... He's typically a good receiver just in general and someone I wouldn't mind taking in round five. And the same thing with Kyle Pitts. We're at that point where if if he's there and you need a tight end and you want that upside and it's early round five, I, I can't fault you for it. I don't think it's a bad pick. Oh, my gosh. He, he picked two. That is so disrespectful. He disagreed with two of your busts, man. I took my glove off and slapped Heath across the face. Ouch. All right, your response, Heath. What are other things that ADP could stand for? Like you clarified that. I was thinking within the context of bust, there are some fun things that ADP could stand for. But like maybe people should email us their uh, things that Adam thought ADP meant. ADP. Um, awesomely awful, delicious pizza. Awful dreadful player for today's show. Ugh. I was thinking a dumbass pick. <laughs> that works too. <laughs> That'll work. Um, what was the question? Your response. Which to- bust do you think I'm wrong on? Um, I think <clears throat> I think the all Texans before round 10 is the one I probably no, disagree we're, no, with. Wait, wait, Dave. This is why you're not the host. That's not what I wanted Heath to respond to. I wanted Heath to respond to your calling out of the Adam Thielen and Kyle Pitts bus. Like, I He'll do Heath- that later. He'll do um, that when Dave, we talk about the bus later. He'll do that right I now. everyone who was listening could tell that Dave's heart was not in either of those. He was just trying to come up with one to disagree with because you asked him oh, no. to, and he is oh, a no. good analyst. No, no, he, no I'm not. He's not Legit. taking Kyle Pitts at pick 51. He agrees that he shouldn't be taken there. He doesn't think that Adam Thielen's wide receiver 19. He agrees with these things. He was just trying to do your, help you with your job, and now you made me expose him. <laughs> I've got Pitts 56th overall in my PPR rankings. I do have Thielen as my number 21 wide receiver. So you got me there. Yeah, barely, right. So uh, well, so explain those bus picks, Heath. Thielen, 53rd overall. Kyle Pitts, 51st overall. You know. um, Adam Thielen, had he scored last year at his career touchdown rate, was basically Cole Beasley. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think we should expect him to score at a rate double of his career rate in 2021. I think there is some risk that the Vikings throw less because their pass attempts went up 50 last year and their defense was awful, and now their defense is going to presumably be better. I think there's a bigger risk that Justin Jefferson takes a larger share of the targets this year than he did last year, 
which leaves Thielen with even fewer targets than he had last year. Yeah. He was on pace, 16 game pace was seven was 987 yards. It's really not that good. And Dave, you mentioned he's a pretty good receiver, but he's had really uh, most of his games, he's less than 60 yards over the last two years. <clears throat> so, I mean, isn't that kind of something that you look at and, and see a player in decline? I, I'll just throw this out there, right? I'll be bold and see and let you guys react to this. Of all the players being drafted in the first five rounds, aside from running backs, because, you know, they're weird. The one, the player that I think could just be one of the worst picks in fantasy, droppable midway through the season, Adam Thielen is, has got to be close to the top of the list. I don't see it that way. Uh, I, I think he's still a fantastic route runner. He was clearly a red zone threat for them. The better that Justin Jefferson does, the more likely he'll be in single coverage. I think Cousins loves him. And I, I think he can be a very useful number two fantasy receiver. Completely see it differently than you guys do. That is a fun game, Adam. Of all the players inside the top 60, who's the one most likely to be droppable by midseason? And like as much as I like them, the two guys going after Thielen have to be in the discussion, Mike Davis and Miles Gaskin. Yeah, right. I mean, those running backs could, could lose their roles. Like, right? Barring injury... I think there's every bit as much risk for Thielen as there is for those two because of the things that I said. His role just wasn't that big. There has not been room for two wide receivers at the same time since Mike Zimmer basically, like I know we've had different offensive coordinators every year, but Mike Zimmer's calling the shots on how many times they're going to run and pass, quite obviously. Um, and there's not enough targets there. Oh, that's, wait, wait let's, let's explore that because didn't Diggs, I thought Diggs and Thielen both had a year where they finished top 12. That was back. That was back when John. I think that was back when John DeFilippo was calling 600 pass plays, and Mike Zimmer was getting mad at him, and he got fired. You okay. fired him for it. Yeah, it's true. Well, and obviously, both Jefferson and Thielen were top 10 wide receivers, but that's because of the touchdown rate. So, right. <clears throat> okay. All right. Well, Dave Light. All right. I think that's a good, good discussion there. How about Kyle Pitts at 51st overall? So that's right after Mark Andrews. It's before T.J. Hawkinson. It's about 15 picks before T.J. Hawkinson. Uh, you just, you know, you can't even get on board with him being a round five pick. I I hate doing this. Like the Adam Thielen, I can get enthusiastic about. Kyle Pitts is a very special athlete. Um, I am always going to call a player a bust candidate if they have to have the best season ever for a player of their type um, to justify the ADP. And that's what he has to do for you to break even, is to be the best rookie tight end ever. Okay, and understand. I, I, that's like that's all it is. I think Kyle Pitts is awesome. I think he's probably going to be very awesome. I took him in a couple dynasty leagues just because I knew this would happen and I wouldn't be able to get him in redraft. I just don't want to draft a player who has to be the best rookie at his position ever just to break even. How would you feel if he ended the season with 81 targets? Like I would like I would throw up in my mouth. Yeah, I just that did. Be, that would be a letdown, right? I just did. It would be disgusting. What about ninety-four targets? No, probably not worth it. No. Are, you, are you still throwing up in your mouth? It's less so. He might score a bunch of touchdowns. I might get lucky. No, I have gas pains, but I'm not throwing up in my mouth. Okay, and then the the third number I'll throw at you is one hundred nine. What if he ended up with one hundred nine targets? I'll that now we're talking in seventeen games. Yeah, now you're not throwing up anymore. Now you're I, feeling pretty I, darn good. I, no, I would say at 109 targets, we've reached the point where he might be worth a fifth round pick. Well, that is, okay. so, so is, is that what that, is that what Mark Andrews? Would you think Mark Andrews is going to be around 109 targets? Seems reasonable. Is that a question for me or for both Andrews fan number one? Uh, I, I don't know if he'll get to 109 because eventually the other receivers in Baltimore will get healthy. Man, He's checking I, the projections. Good grief. That Nothing makes my blood boil more than this idea that Mark Andrews needs all of these receivers that have not done anything close to what he does to be hurt for him to lead his team in targets. No, we didn't I, say I that. He actually needs them on the field to be useful. He doesn't need anything. He's an elite tight end. He's, He's a very great. good tight end. Yeah. Okay, anyway. The numbers that I threw at you. No, let me just finish this point. yeah. The last five years in Atlanta, the number two most targeted player, 81 targets in 2016, 
96, 94, 97. That's 27 through 2019. And then last year, Russell Gage, number two in targets in Atlanta's passing game with 109. So no one's been above 109 as the number two target gather in the Falcons offense uh, in the last five years. What? Really? So 2020 didn't two years ago? 2019, Ridley and Julio? What was what? Look it up in 2019. Okay. I will. I'm, I've, I've got it right here, Adam. I'm uh, seconds away from this information. Okay. <laughs> uh, 2019. Ridley missed looks, three games, I think. He did. Was that? Ridley missed three games that year. Yeah, Ridley only had 93. Targets. Hooper had 97. Um, so it's now, a little bit of a tainted deal. But I, I think you kind of get the idea that if, if you're expecting Pitts to get 115, 125 targets over 17 games, really hasn't been a track record of a guy getting that as the number two option in the Atlanta offense. That's terrific, man. I mean... I don't know if that is going to hold true, but that's a great stat, Dave. I'm going to find the It would be better if you. the coaches were the same, but I agree. Yeah, wait, hold on. Hey, all right, Dave. I'm glad you like it. It's also, they also have a tough schedule to begin the year. In the projected strength of schedules that I did, it's the sixth worst for tight ends. But the funny thing Not is you, you said you're okay with Pitts there, and he I'm okay with. I'm okay with, if you want to take the chance on Pitts and you want the upside play, that that's the kind of move that you make. That's when you have to get Kyle Pitts, to be honest. Yeah. But I hated it round four. Early round five, okay, I get it. Yeah, okay. So listen, hold on one sec. Draft prepping for charity month, supporting St. Jude is well underway. Throughout the month, we're going to have various eBay auctions supporting St. Jude, culminating in our Draft-a-thon event on September 1st. And we've added a beer with Heath over Zoom. Fun. A spot in the 2021 Fantasy Football Today Podcast League and a custom-designed fantasy team logo. Go to cbsports.com slash ebay to donate and bid, cbsports.com slash eBay. In the interest of moving this along so we can talk about the other busts, uh, Heath, do you disagree with any of Dave's picks? Aaron Rodgers, 37th overall as QB6. J- uh, Josh Jacobs, RB19, 41st overall. DJ Chark, 81st overall. Uh, Tyler Higby, 105th. And all Texans drafted before round 10. I'm not sure that you can be a bust with an ADP of 105. I might just disagree with that in in theory, although one of mine might have a 105 ADP now that I think about it. Um, No, the only one I would really say I disagree with is the no Texans before round 10. I think Brandon Cooks has done enough throughout his career that he should be drafted before round 10. I think even if it's him and Terod Taylor for 17 games, he's going to be worth more than round 10. Problem is that it won't be him and Terod Taylor for more than 17 games. They will eventually hand things over to Davis Mills, who makes me nervous. And when Brandon Cooks was doing that whole boomer bust thing for like four straight years, it was Drew Brees. It was Tom Brady. He got to LA. He worked with Jared Goff for a while. He I'm not Sean Watson last year. Taylor. Yeah, well, I, oh, he I, is. I can't put Terod Taylor in that same category by any stretch. In terms of good, you know, that's one thing. But in terms of passing yards. He, you know, he, much more prolific right. of a passer than than, Ty, than Tyrod Taylor ever has been. Uh, yeah, the, you know, it's really it's tough to look at Brandon Cooks and and use his career to make a statement about what you expect this year. He's just never been in a situation like this. Uh, but just in terms of a guy, you just figure he's going to get peppered with targets on the arguably the worst team in football. They're going to have to throw, and he's so much better than everyone else on the team. Can't couldn't you don't think Dave that he could be worth it? A top 100 pick? No. Certainly going in the top 100. Yeah. I, I don't know if I've taken him even once. I think the difficulty is, because you mentioned, Adam, that Todd Taylor is not a very prolific passer. Well, I don't think he's ever thrown more than like 470 passes. Probably the Texans sure. are so bad. Like I would presume they're going to throw 600 passes this year, or 550 at least. Let's do some comparisons. Would you rather have Brandon Cooks or Will Fuller? It, the, uh, Will Fuller. <laughs> um. Yeah, Cooks for sure. Brandon Cooks or Jalen Waddle. Jalen Waddle. <laughs> uh Cooks. Brandon Cooks or Marvin Jones. Lavisca Chenault. Chenault. Cooks. Brandon Cooks or Devonte Smith. Smith. Cooks. Oh, I, okay. That's that's where Heath and I are going to fight. But I, know, let's I'm, do one more. Go ahead. No, go. You got to say your part. Brandon Cooks or Alameda Zacchaeus. 
I'm looking at the the five That's worst. That's a joke. I'll, I'll take Cooks then. The five worst passing offenses in football last year, in terms of yards, and I think you could argue there was not one good fantasy receiver on on the teams. There, Marquise Brown had a stretch. Ravens, Jets, Patriots, Giants, Eagles. That's bad. That's right. The, the Ravens and the Patriots are probably a bad comp because they're probably not going to run the ball 600 times in Houston or 550 or whatever. Um, yeah. I mean, they might, they might be that bad. But in 2019, the... No, this cannot be right. What? This can't be right. No, Just no, this, this is we'll, right. We'll, yeah, this is right. I forgot KK's that Roethlis, Roethlisberger got hurt. Uh, the lowest the Steelers were 31st in passing. The worst passing team in the NFL in, in 2019 was Washington, and Terry McLaurin was absolutely fantasy relevant. Mm-hmm. T.Y. Hilton was okay. Jets, Bronco. Yeah, Cortland Sutton was. He was on a, the fifth worst passing team. Okay, let's move on here. Uh, we got some news and notes to get to. We got a lot more busts to talk about. I'm going to tell you about Sonos in just a moment. <clears throat> Um, we also have another fun, another fun uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger segment. This time with an audio entry where someone did a great Arnold impression, and you're going to have to tell us what movie it's from. Right now, though, I want to talk about the Sonos Arc. Every single day, I am amazed at the sound quality of the Sonos Arc. Have you gone to Sonos.com yet? Please check it out. S-O-N-O-S.com and just check out the products. Now, I've got the Arc, but I know a lot of people have different Sonos products and they just sound incredible. Listening to music on a Sonos speaker outside at my cousin's house a couple months ago, I was like, this is amazing. And he said, oh, it's a Sonos. Like, oh, I just got one of those. You know, and, and then we had a great conversation about how much we love our product. But anyway, it is amazing, and it has changed my TV viewing and my music listening to the point where I don't want to watch TV unless I'm in the family room with the Sonos Arc. That's how good it is. Uh, Arc was designed from the inside out for incredibly clear sound and rich bass and then fine-tuned by Oscar and Grammy-winning producers, mixers, and artists. TruePlay tuning software further enhances your listening experience by optimizing Arc sound for the unique acoustics of the room. And they also have these cool features on the app. They have the speech enhancement mode while you're watching TV and movies to clarify the sound of the human voice. So if a character whispers or the action intensifies, that's the speech enhancement mode. They have the night sound, which tones down the loud effects when you got maybe you got kids sleeping or somebody like that, or maybe you're like me and your wife falls asleep every time you watch TV together. You turn on uh, the night sound and the really loud parts don't wake anybody up. So there's a lot of great reasons to get this, but the bottom line is it's just a better viewing and listening experience. Please go to Sonos.com to learn more. S-O-N-O-S.com, learn more. And I know this is a bust show, guys, guys, but our Sonos uh, segment today, Raising the Bar. We are looking at players who have the potential to raise their game to the next level. And I don't know if you want to play on some of the latest injury news. Chase Claypool, maybe that, open, you know, it's a minor injury. Maybe that opens the door for Juju Smith-Schuster. Maybe you want to go back to your sleepers or your breakouts. But give me some players who could raise the bar, raise their game to the next level. Heath, you got one? Yeah. Um, on a bus show. I know. I apologize for throwing yeah, you off. Right, right on time. Um, yeah, I think that a guy who could raise his game to the next level is Calvin Ridley opposite one of my busts, Kyle Pitts. Calvin Ridley could be a top three or maybe even the very best fantasy wide receiver. We could see a high volume um, AJ Brown impersonation, and Ridley's already been awesome. Yeah. He and- was 20.1 PPR points per game in seven without Julio Jones last year. 20.1. Dave, I'm going to give you a challenge, and I'm going to tell you, I'm going to give you the challenge, and then I'm going to give you a Calvin Ridley stat to give you a little time to think about it. Sure. How about a bust from last year that could raise raise the bar and raise their game to the next level? Why you think about that? Last year's bust that could bounce back. Sure. Jacob Gibbs said that uh, when Julio Jones was not on the field, Calvin Ridley was targeted at a higher rate than any player other than Devontae Adams. So you've got the potential for a guy to be right up there among the league leaders and targets, league leaders and air yards, could have a huge season. Dave, did I give you enough time? I got, I got somebody for you if you're interested. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, do we consider him a bust oh, from last year? One of the biggest, yeah. So I I liked what I saw from, honestly, I liked what I saw from his offensive line in the first preseason game. The majority of his usage was as if he were an every-down back. 
The one crapple apart was that he had like three plays in a row on the second drive. Check that one, two, three, four plays in a row on the second drive. And when they finally got to first and goal from the five, it was Daryl Williams in there instead of Clyde Edwards Hilaire. I don't know if Edwards Hilaire would be in there in a regular season game or if he would be in there if Williams had replaced him earlier on the drive and he came back in. But the offensive line in Kansas City, Heath's your your front five looked good. So I think that he's somebody that does have some decent bounce back potential. Uh, I just I just sure as hell wish that there was no issue in short yardage situations. He, I think, so Schrager, write it down. Next week, probably Tuesday, after we recap preseason week two on Monday, we got to do the most polarizing players. I think he's the headliner. Might be. You know, people really don't know how to feel, or, or, well, people do know how they feel about Clyde Edwards either. He's tough for me, really tough. Uh, And I know Heath has a lot to say about that. So Tuesday, most polarizing players, or sometime next week. Already on the schedule for Wednesday. I love it. Oh, no way. All right. Cool. Nice. Hey, do I get a player for... Uh, you just did. For, for the No, no. For the Sonos... You just did. It was guy who's going to step up. All right. CH, but uh, you know what? I well, love that's fine. I'll save my sleepers for later on in the summer. Okay. <laughs> People don't want to know who, who some late round targets show. are. Never mind. We should do a sleeper show. We should do a sleeper show two days ago. Yeah. Uh, go ahead, Dave. Give me 30 seconds. <laughs> 30 seconds. Go. Oh, me? Yeah. Sorry, I lost you there in my in my earpiece. No, I'm not going to do it. Okay, you're going to have to wait till another podcast. You had your chance. Deshaun Watson update. That's the we're starting off our news and notes segment with a Deshaun. Okay, do you want to hear who it was? Yes, I'll tell you another time. Okay, does anybody have a Deshaun Watson update? Should we be drafting Deshaun Watson? Uh, he's off my top 200. He's. I think he's been off Heath's for a while, right? Um, I think it was Chris that was not ranking him okay. at all. Um, I, yeah, he's, he's really close. If he's still on mine, it's not by much. Right. It uh, sucks. I'm exactly at 200 right now. Right. It sucks because everybody knows how talented he is when he's on the field, but what's going on off the field is gross and he's not practicing. He's not working as the first team guy for the Texans. That lets you know what the Texans coaches think about his short-term future there. Yeah. Uh, I, even as like a round 15 pick, I think it's a waste. Okay, Chase Claypool has a minor ankle injury, so we have we. They say it's going to be fine. So have we just not done anything in the rankings here? Nope. Okay. No, not for me. All right, Brian Flores gave another update on the Dolphins' running back situation. He said that the the three running backs could be used situationally, while at the same time saying that Miles Gaskin could play all three downs. I, I this made me feel better actually because he talked about how there are certain situations that are better for using each back, mm-hmm. and I would agree that the preseason when it doesn't count and you don't want anybody to get hurt is the right situation to use Michael Malcolm Brown. <laughs> so I think that they made <laughs> a really good call. And um, no, in all seriousness, I this made me drop Gaskin from like seventeen to twenty two or twenty three, but I'm still taking him in round five. I just took Chase Edmonds over him. And I'm just I don't like that. Yeah, I'm wondering if I made a mistake, but I understand I wasn't a, a huge Gaskin fan. Right. Even before preseason week one. But it, it was not easy. I just Yeah, it wasn't easy. Dave Chase Edmonds or Gaskin? I have Gaskin higher as of now. That's an easier decision in non in half than it is in full. How about Javante Williams or Gaskin? Still Gaskin. Look, I at some point, Brian Flores is going to have to watch the film of that preseason game and realize what the hell he's saying because Malcolm Brown was terrible. Right. And the offensive line wasn't really great either. But you watch Malcolm Brown run, and it looks like you're watching a, a 18-wheeler backup. And you watch Miles Gaskin run, and it looks like you're watching like a Dodge Challenger go 50 miles an hour. It's an obvious difference between the two. So the sooner that Brian Flores actually like opens up his eyes and goes to – look at the players, he'll realize that Gaskin is his guy. He'll be right back to playing over 60% of the snaps every week, no problem. Okay, uh, the Eagles waved carry on Johnson. The Bears have a situation at left tackle. They were hoping for their rookie, Tevin Jenkins, to be their left tackle, but he's not going to play for a long time. He got his back injury here. Hopefully he can come back at some point this year. Tough break for Tevin Jenkins. They signed former Eagles offensive tackle Jason Peters. Uh, from This is a, just a little training camp blurb, a little note from ESPN's Ben Baby, who covers the Bengals. And he said, quote, don't look now, but Bengals quarterback Joe Burrow is starting to find his groove. So you could be happy if you already drafted Burrow or if you like Burrow. 
Uh-huh. That's a turn of the phrase is kind of weird. Like I, I wish he'd have told me to not look when Joe Burrow was doing bad. I would like to look at him doing good things. Oh, don't look. <laughs> don't look. Just take my word for it. He's doing great. Uh, how about Jawan Johnson, Saints tight end? Yep. And according to the Athletic, Jawan Johnson seems headed for a Jared Cook type role. What do you make of that, Dave? If you watched the first preseason game with the Saints and the Ravens, you saw Troutman doing a lot of blocking. He didn't play on any third downs. I think you guys talked about it earlier in the week. If you didn't, now you're hearing about it. Uh, Johnson, who was a former receiver, looked pretty smooth when he was running downfield. Picked up a couple of big targets from Jameis. And Troutman, like, he still looks a little uncomfortable when he's running his routes. So I'm, I, I'm off the Troutman hype train. I know that I was the captain of it. Maybe, maybe I'll be back eventually, but Troutman. since he's Troutman, you got to throw him back. <laughs> nice. Get it? Troutman, Trout, and, very throw good. back. Yeah. And, and I would just like to add that without an, an absolutely absurd touchdown rate, which credit to him, he was able to repeat two years in a row, the Jared Cook role is not one that we should be targeting for fantasy purposes at all. He averaged four targets per game last season. I didn't take it that literally, though. I well, took it as well, but I mean, if 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 some if he's putting that label on somebody in the Saints' offense, and you recognize that it's not the name that you've been hearing for the last four months, I think that tells you something. No, about I mean, Trump. I didn't. I didn't take it as a he's going to get four targets a game and hopefully score. I took it as this could be the tight end who's the most involved in the passing game. Right. But is that Not really what you think? I mean, is Juwan Johnson really going to be a better fantasy player than Adam Troutman? Uh, I don't know if I'm ready to say that yet. Let's see what kind of work he gets in the next two preseason games. But my could my be. guess it. And this could be wrong because not like every tight end in Sean Payton's offense. I'm sure that if I scroll back long enough, I can find one that had more than 65 targets. But I'm at 2016. <laughs> Jimmy Graham, buddy. Um, right. That was a while ago. It was. Did Fleener um, ever stay healthy enough to get 65 targets? Um, Kobe Fleener had 81 targets in 2016. That's yes. still not good enough, though. <laughs> of course. Not. Like, I think it's the fun. most likely answer is it probably doesn't matter. I don't, but what if Michael Thomas is out? What if it at least matters while Michael Thomas is out? I mean, that's my assumption. Uh, right. If Jameis Winston wins the job, then that might matter for a little bit, at least in terms of a guy that scores touchdowns. I just. It makes too much sense. As much as Sean Payton loves Taysom Hill, when you don't have your number one wide receiver, just put in Taysom Hill and run the option for four weeks, go three and one, and get Michael Thomas back. All right. Uh, uh, listen, the one other thing I need to, see, need to say is that Marquez Calloway looked outstanding. Yes, he did. He really, he's, he's another reason why Troutman isn't somebody that you should take in a fan. Right, so I need your rankings here. Where's Troutman? Is he top 12 anymore? I think I've got him at 12, and he's probably going to be poised to fall even farther than that. But Callaway yeah, is I, a top... He, he's If he's not a top 100 player for me, he's 109 for me, Callaway. And I think he's got staying power even after Michael Thomas comes back. He looked that good. He's tall. He's lean. He's fast. He ran his routes well. He had good timing with Taysom Hill. I think you could develop that with Jameis as well. I think he's got a really nice role coming in that offense. I feel like I got suckered into this whole Troutman thing, and then Dave and Jamie are going to drop him before I get a chance to, so I'm moving him right now. Uh, <laughs> he is uh, right around 17th for me, and wow. I don't have any of the um, Saints receivers other than Michael Thomas in my top 150. All right, and Seattle wide receiver Dwayne Eskridge is off the pup list, and now it is time for our Arnold Schwarzenegger Challenge. And we have actually an audio submission here. This doesn't mean we have to do push-ups, does it? No, it doesn't, but I just want to make sure. Uh, okay, this is from Jake. Just had to make sure I got the right name there. Okay, here you go, guys. Ready? Here is your Arnold Schwarzenegger challenge for the day. Can you name the movie that this quote is from? I like you, Cindy. I'm going to be hanging around you a lot. Days, nights, weekends, holidays. I'm going to hang out with you. Until the end of time. I got it immediately. Borderline top five. Did make some people's top five. It's a very good impression, isn't it? It's a great impression. <laughs> yeah. uh, it seems like it's probably from one of Arnold's lighthearted comedies. 
It's yeah. not kindergarten cop. It's is it? kindergarten cop. Is yeah. It? Okay. All right. Good okay. job. Thank so, like, you. The, the mom's Jake. name was Cindy. No, Cindy was um, like before he got into the kindergarten cop. It was the introduction to Arnold's character, I think, and it was somebody okay. he was following in the mall or something like that. Um, at the very beginning, kind of, I don't really think it ended up being central to the plot at all. So what's going to happen now is that people are going to like bring up <laughs> random quotes that Schwarzenegger said in some of these movies, and we've got a guest. I don't know how much longer this segment's going to last. Happy I'm happy I got you. one right because I'm <laughs> terrible at all of these types of games, and now I won't be the only person that didn't. It's get one. funny that you consider it wasn't Kindergarten Cop, was it? That's Correct. right, is That's what right. you said. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. All right, here we go. Back to the bus. So Josh Allen. I mean, just seeing him going 16th overall is wild. And he's at QB two, and Herbert's at QB four, and he's going thirty fourth overall. I, I think the Explain. important thing, because like a lot of times we say, yeah, but it's like that's not really happening. This there's a, a big split in QB ADP. Um, Russell Wilson and Dak Prescott are going forty eight and forty nine. That's pretty close to where I have them. Uh, Jalen Hurts, you can get back at pick ninety five. It's really just a couple. I don't think Lamar Jackson at 32 is awful. It's a little higher than I would take him. Yep. But Mahomes is at 10. Allen's at 16. Herbert's at 34. I don't I don't think it's that outlandish to think Josh Allen should be QB2. He's my QB3. But I don't think there's much justification for taking him 16 picks before Lamar Jackson or 33 picks before Dak Prescott. If you look at it just on a per-game basis, Dak Prescott's basically been better than Josh Allen each of the last two years, and definitely the last two years combined. I think it's a coin flip which one of them is going to be better this year. So, which, as we've said many times, whoever is the last of that group of five or six quarterbacks that goes in round five, take that one. Right now, it's Dak Prescott. It's definitely not Josh Allen. And this is not an anti-Josh Allen thing. We did the same thing with Patrick Mahomes in 2019, and... You would be glad if you listened. We did the same thing with Lamar Jackson last year, and you would be glad if you listened. Right, exactly. And I'm about to do it with Aaron Rodgers when we get to my bus. Yeah, and I just want to say, you know, we, I, we have talked about this concept of there's Mahomes, and then there's this group of however many, you, you know, it's at least four, maybe it's five, maybe it's six quarterbacks in the next tier. But it's Jackson, and it's, it's Allen, Jackson, Kyler, Prescott, for sure. And then maybe some people have Wilson or Herbert, whatever. And we say try to take the last one. Now, look, you can't always do that. But it seems that Josh Allen is just separated from the others. Josh Allen just appears to be in his own tier. Uh, so I guess it's like, wait, you know, because the reason why I say you can't always do that is let's say two quarterbacks, Mahomes and Allen are off the board, and let's say you're in round four or something, or in our drafts, it'd be more like round five. But okay, I want one of these guys, but they all might be gone by my next pick. Okay, well then right. just pull the trigger and take Lamar Jackson or Kyler Murray or Dak, whoever the heck you want. Uh, but don't try not to take Josh Allen because it just seems like he's going at least around, if not more than that, earlier than the rest of the tier, and that doesn't really make any sense to us. What about and, and Herbert? Herbert oh, yeah, yeah. We don't really consider Herbert part of this tier, and he's going ahead of Kyler Murray and more than around ahead of Russell Wilson and Dak Prescott. He doesn't have the rushing ability that these guys do. He ran for five touchdowns last year. That's probably a sign of regression, not a sign of something that you should expect happening in the future. And the other thing was a lot of his production was based on the fact that the Chargers ran like 100 more plays than you would expect for a team to run in their situation. There's no reason to expect that to carry over because their entire coaching staff has changed. So there's going to be a reduction in volume. The only nitpick I'll have, Heath, is that I think he does have a chance to get at least five rushing touchdowns. All five of them were inside the five. We know that Austin Eckler is not someone that at least the previous coaching staff liked to use in that short yardage range. So they might opt for Herbert a couple of times every few weeks to to take that touchdown opportunity. I just, this is a, somebody I'm really afraid that I'm never, I'm not going to have any Justin Herbert. I just don't see myself doing it, and I feel like I am going to pass up on the next superstar, and NFL superstar. You know, to Dave's point, um, Dak Prescott over like four years span now has shown us that some quarterbacks cannot have the eight hundred, nine hundred rushing yards, but can still give us five or six rushing touchdowns every year. Mm -hmm. I believe it with Dak now because he's done it for four years. I don't believe it with Herbert yet because it's happened once. And now there's once. a new, totally now there's a new coaching staff. 
Yep, I, yeah. totally understand, but it, it doesn't take much. For, he's like 6'6 or something like that, so it doesn't take much for him to just you know get that ball and go right over the goal line. I could demonstrate the play to you in this in this studio if you'd like to. <laughs> I, you know, from a non-fantasy perspective, I think this is probably the player I'm most excited to see this year. I just really want to see what what happens this year with Herbert and if he uh if he can become the next you know the next NFL superstar one of the faces of football I think it, just based on last year you know it's possible but <clears throat> yeah his ADP is a little little rich uh all right mm. David David let's go to you can call me David that's usually what I'm called when I'm in trouble David Richards David Heath Richard <laughs> I wish Heath was my middle name Aaron Rodgers QB six, 37th overall. I, I really struggle. I don't know what to make of QB ADP. Depending on what site you go on, it's just so different. Depending on who you're drafting with, it's so different. So let's focus more on the fact that he's QB six. And what do you think about that with Rodgers? Yeah, I think it's just way too soon. And the the track record that Heath talked about, about the, the prior year MVP being hoisted up in fantasy drafts where Mahomes is going crazy and Lamar Jackson the year after his MVP, that was last year, by the way. People took him like crazy. Both of them, be it because of injuries or you know just obvious regression, they took a step back. They weren't as good. They weren't worth taking as the number one overall quarterback. And not that Rodgers is going number one overall. Obviously, Justin Herbert is getting drafted ahead of him for crying out loud. But 29.1 fantasy points per game is what he gave you last year. He did it when his offensive line was healthy and he had a cupcake schedule. And in the years prior... His best year was 21.8. 2019, he averaged 19.9 fantasy points per game. 2018, it was 21.8. Uh, he had, he's had some good years in his past. Everybody who's been paying attention to football already knows that. But his his receiving core is Devontae Adams, who's a god, and everybody else who's just not that great. The offensive line lost its starting center or rookies replacing him. The left tackle's coming back from torn ACL. And then the thing that gets me every time I think about taking Aaron Rodgers and then I go, nah, never mind, is the schedule. Last year, he had games against the NFC South and the AFC South. A lot of weak defenses in there. This year, it's the NFC West. It's the AFC North. He's going to see the Steelers, the Ravens, the Browns. He's going to see the Rams, the Seahawks, Cardinals, 49ers. I don't know how good the Cardinals will be against the pass, but... The other teams in that division, I think, will be tough. It's a tougher schedule for him. I think the division that he's in has gotten tougher. And we've seen terrible years from him two of the last three years. I'm a little nervous about him returning ADP or returning value. Uh, forget about it. This ADP, even at like 55 overall. Okay, so so where would you take Aaron Rodgers? He's Q, he's QB what for you? He, he's a top 10 QB. If you want to know the exact spot, I have to actually dial it up in my rankings. He is actually QB 10. And I currently have him ahead of Jalen Hurts, but that was based when Hurts was stinking at the beginning of training camp. I can probably make the case to take Rodgers now. He is, cover your ears if you're a Packers fan or you're an Aaron Rodgers fan, 98th in my PPR overall rankings. So I'm basically not getting Aaron Rodgers is how I have it set up. Kind of like I'm not going to get yeah, but, Brandon Cooks. No, but the thing is, you're, based on your rankings and based on ADP, you're not going to get any quarterbacks <laughs> because they all go early. I'll get somebody, and so, it's going to be at an amazing value. But really I, what, what we have to look at is he's QB6. I think that's more important when you look at when you look at the quarterback ADP is where are they going in the within the position. Personally, that's how I feel. Yeah, I and I understand that. I would just say that, like, a court, I have him 85th, and according to my rankings, I can get Dak or Russell Wilson at the four or five turn. I can get, um, I think I can get Jalen Hurts at 95th overall. Like, there are yeah. there are definitely quarterbacks in the top 12 that I can get based on my rankings. A point in Dave's favor, um, and I'll do the same thing I did with Adam Thielen. Aaron Rodgers, in terms of touchdown rate, has been one of the best in NFL history. I think he's tied for second or third right now amongst active quarterbacks with a 6.3% touchdown rate. If he had had a 6.3% touchdown rate last year, he would have thrown 15 fewer touchdown passes. Yes, and and he would have been something like QB 10, but that was last year. If you if he had done that in any other year, you know his what he basically if he had done what Heath just said with the touchdown rate. Right. He still would have had a tremendous season, and most seasons I think would have been a top-five quarterback. <clears throat> you know, I think if he plays <laughs> 17 games, he'll probably... Like I have him eighth. I think if he plays 17 games, there's a decent chance he finishes top-five. I just don't think he'll be differentiated that much from... I think there'll be a bunch of guys in that range. Right. Yeah, so let's wrap it up with this thought on Rodgers. You know, 2018, he had a 
a pretty good year. He just had a very low touchdown rate. He was number nine per game in four point, number 11 per game in six point. Uh, but 4,442 yards, 25 touchdowns, two interceptions. That's amazing. 2019, though, it seemed like he might be on the downside of his career. I mean, the throws weren't as good. He threw for 4,000 yards. He wasn't even top 12 per game. Do any of us think that that's a realistic outcome, or do we think that that 2019, just in terms of his performance, was was an outlier? And at least, at the very least, he's still a great player who's going to at least be solid. I don't think you went back far enough. Oh, if I go back far enough, it's a case for Aaron Rodgers, right? Because well, no. If you look at if, but if you look at efficiency, Aaron Rodgers has a career one hundred three point nine passer rating. Okay, mm-hmm. last year was the second time since twenty fourteen that his passer rating was over one hundred. But he, he has a number one seven point eight yards per attempt. Uh huh. Last year was the first time since 2014, that his yards per attempt were over 7.4. But he was the number one quarterback in 2016. He was basically... Because he was throwing the ball 600 times. I think... I don't know. I mean, I think people count out Aaron Rodgers. All right. I'm not counting him out. I'm saying it wasn't a one- or two-year thing where the efficiency... He had that stretch where he was the best quarterback every single year for like five years. Right. I made that clear. Like a five-year stretch where his efficiency was not at that level. But but at the same time, I made that clear. Like, it's not like he was number one, but he was still top 12 per game. You know, he was still, you know, really good, solid. We're, that's all we're, I'm saying. Yeah, that's what we think he is now. Right. That's what I'm saying. We don't think that he's going to revert back to 2019 where he had a pretty bad year, you could have to say. I don't... I think it's more likely that he repeats 2019 than that he repeats 2020. I, Yes, that's yes. I don't want to be. I want to be clear. That's not what I'm saying. I, but I think it's more likely that he repeats 2018, which was solid, than 2019, which was pretty disappointing. Yeah, 2018 was so weird. Like I don't think he's. I don't think there's a very good chance he's throwing it 597 times. I guess I'm just looking at the finish. You know. Right. Right. Yeah. That's and that's why I'm like I'm looking at the actual the numbers and you're looking at the fantasy finish and it's hard to compare year over year over the last five years because the game is changing so rapidly in terms of passing production yeah. and we don't know what to do with last year when everybody scored 25 fantasy points a game. Yeah. He's also running less every year, so that's another thing to keep in mind. Okay, back to the busts. Let's do. Uh, oh, this will be fun. Josh Jacobs. This is a Dave bust. He's RB nineteen. He's going forty first overall. And go ahead, Dave, uh, Dave, make your case for Josh Jacobs as a bust. At least 15 picks sooner than I would take him. I'm worried about the offensive line in Las Vegas now that they've reshuffled it. I actually haven't had the chance to watch whatever offensive line they went with in the preseason game at Seattle. Not sure if it even was the starting offensive line. I know Jacobs didn't play in the game. I know no one played in the game. But just the offseason moves that the Raiders made tell you what they think of Jacobs. They added Kenyon Drake. Jacobs even said himself over the past couple of weeks that Drake is like an X-factor explosive type of option in the offense. It, it makes me think that he's the change of pace guy. He might be the passing downs guy. What does that leave for Jacobs? Well, it could leave him in short yardage and goal line work. He did that last year. He wasn't very good at it. Drake was actually better when he was in Arizona. Could be a byproduct of playing with Kyler Murray. Might be something that he's just good at now. And the schedule is going to be tough for them. They open the year against the Ravens. They've got the Steelers right after that. I'm nervous about Josh Jacobs getting the type of opportunities that you're looking for from a fantasy stud. And so him being able to like cross into the top 12 in a PPR league doesn't seem likely. Not when he's not getting a lot of targets. I think it's around three targets per game. That's what he averaged. Uh, I, I think that he's somebody that's going to disappoint you if you're looking for a very good running back. I think he can be all right, but I think he could also be inconsistent, which is what he was last year. Only five games with 15 or more in PPR. Well, and I think we should, like if he does what he did last year, then you'll be very happy if you drafted him in the fourth round. But he's Adam Thielen. He's Adam Thielen he because saved, he scored too many touchdowns. Yeah, he was last year. saved by touchdowns last year. He was incredibly um, he had, inefficient. What, like I think he, he was saved by well just playing 15 games. Thousand yards. It, he what did he average? Three point nine yards per carry. It is hard to find a good running back who does that. So, I mean, well, okay, sorry. I'm not saying Josh Jacobs isn't a good running back, but obviously the offensive line. He had 1,300 total yards. 
That's a lot better than Adam Thielen. I'm just saying that. I'm just saying that. I feel like personally, you. I know you like Jacobs, but I feel like the arguments you make against Adam Thielen should apply to Josh Jacobs because his touchdown saved him, and he just really didn't. I. We have to accept the fact. Really didn't have that good of a year. He really didn't have that good of a year. Like I know that he finished high in fantasy, but it was he, not a good season. He did not have as good of a year as his fantasy finish indicates. Okay. That is a different thing than saying taking him as running back 20 in the fourth round. If he does what he did last year, you're going to be upset. No, if he does what he does last year. Even then, if he, then has, he does what he did last year with a normal touchdown rate. If he has 1,300 yards and scores nine touchdowns instead of 12, where you're taking him is perfectly fine. Absolutely. But I think the problem that Dave has is that Kenyon Drake is there now, and nobody was taking well, Jacobs off the field last year, really. Jacobs averaged 16 carries per game, basically, when he was healthy. Over Booker averaged 5.2 touches per game when Jack, Jacobs was active. I, I don't... Actually, like, I think it gets indicated. I was, it should also say Kenyon Drake left today's practice with an injury. We don't know have any specifics yeah. on it yet, but that's a possibility. Kenyon Drake has mostly been a backup running back throughout his career, and mm. I kind kind of view him like as a as a backup running back. He's a very good one, one of the best. Um, but I don't think he's the same pedigree as Josh Jacobs, and I don't think. He's going to limit Jacobs to fewer than 15 touches per game. This is one where I think it's important to remember that our ADP is a mix of non-PPR and full PPR drafts. In a non-PPR draft, if you're telling me I can get Josh Jacobs in the fourth round, I feel pretty good about that. In a full PPR draft, as I showed during our mock draft last night, he falls to the middle of round five. I feel pretty good about that. Maybe there's not top 10 upside or maybe the only top 10 upside that exists is that Josh Jacobs scores a bunch of touchdowns like he did last year. But I, I do think there's definitely profit room in the fourth round and non PPR and the fifth round and full PPR. And I don't think outside of Jacobs getting injured, I don't think there's very much risk at that cost either. He feels safer than like miles Gaskin, right? Do you guys sure. feel that way? Yes. Dave, do you think he's safer than Gaskin? I, I'm not sure if I feel that way. Who would you take, Gaskin or Jacobs? I have Gaskin ranked higher. I would I would take Jacobs. Like I don't th- I think you can make the argument for sure that Gaskin has more upside. I'm not sure what the argument would be that Gaskin is safer. Hmm. Yeah. Okay, let's keep going here. Uh real quick, Jacobs or Mike Davis? Jacobs. I have Davis ahead of Jacobs. Jacobs or Miles Sanders? Sanders. Jacobs. Let's do a Heath bust here. Leonard Fournette, RB29, 75th overall. I think Leonard Fournette's the early downs backup running back right now. And Giovanni Bernard just continues to earn rave reviews. So the the best case scenario is Ronald Jones gets hurt and Leonard Fournette gets to be the early downs running back. Maybe he could even be Josh Jacobs. Um, Why do you think he's the backup to Jones? That's what basically everyone who has that we've talked to who's been at camp has indicated that they expect Ronald Jones to be the starter. He did. Fournette got the first carry. Yeah. It seems, um, so, if, if he is the starter, I don't really think Jones or Fournette's very likely to hold on to those touches throughout the entire season. <laughs> Bruce Arians likes to go back and forth and doesn't often tell you honest things throughout the week about which one is going to be the guy that week. He probably and, doesn't know who the guy is. Right. He doesn't know who's going to mess up. It's out there. Right. right. Yeah. Um, and so I think Fournette's advantage on Ronald Jones is that he's much better in pass protection and he's a better pass catcher, even if he's not a great pass catcher. Those advantages don't help very much when the team's in love with Giovanni Bernard on passing downs. Mm-hmm. Okay, I don't think we're going to get much of an argument here at 75 overall for Leonard Fournette as a bust. So that brings no, us. I've to, got him 115th overall. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but I, but no, I don't think you. I don't think Ronald Jones should go 75th overall either. No. No. Right? Yeah. I've got him at 82, so not too far behind. Okay, DJ Chark, 81st overall for Dave. That is a bust. He's going ahead of Jerry Judy, Odo Beckham, and Cortland Sutton. DJ Chark. I I think that the chemistry with Trevor Lawrence and Marvin Jones is there. If you go back and watch the preseason game, their their timing is down. 
Uh, Jones made a really spectacular play downfield, and his ADP is even later than Sharks. Chenault is a good short area target. It looks like that's the role that he's going to begin the season with in that offense. Wouldn't surprise me if he ran some deep routes on top of it, but if he's going to be that little short area buddy for Trevor Lawrence to lean on with those quick throws, uh, I think he'll be great. It makes me wonder if Chark should be third in this group who – you know, he, he's got big play potential, and I know that Urban Meyer talks about having playmakers on his team all the time, but I don't know if he's – I honestly don't know if he's that much better than Chenault and Marvin Jones so that he goes ahead of them and goes as a round seven pick. There's a bunch of other receivers that I think I feel better about taking in round seven, and there's other receivers that are available after round seven that I like at their value better than Chark in round seven. So if if you follow my logic there, so I'm 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 nervous about him just in general. He's probably going to be another guy that just falls down in my rankings and is somebody I don't want to draft. Uh, what's his ADP? I think it was 86th. But here's the thing, okay. Heath. I, I thought to myself, well, it's probably not that high anymore because now he's injured, so he might not even be a top 100 pick. So I looked since August 10th on NFC. Although I guess I should have looked up when his injury was, but I think this is the window. He's still 84th. He's still wide receiver I- 37. I have him 81st right now. Um, now, yeah. I, that being the case, I'm not going to argue against the possibility of DJ Chark being a bust. I think it's it's certainly possible. Right now, I have them ranked Marvin Jones, then DJ Chark, then LaVisca Chenault, back to back to back. Good for you. Uh, I mean that, by the way. But I don't, like, this is the range, and Jerry Judy belongs in this range, and Jalen Waddle belongs in this range, and Cortland Sutton and Debo Samuel this is the range of guys where we're really hopeful and there is a possibility that they could be 125 target breakout. Maybe not breakouts, the right word for Marvin Jones, but you know what I mean? Like, but also there's sitting on your bench might have to drop them because I have too many guys on a buy that week downside. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I mean, I say it every time I'll say it again, 14 or more PPR fantasy points in six of the last 23 games. For DJ Chark, after that first five-game stretch to start the 2019 season, yeah, it's a crowded offense now. Good. Yeah, and that hasn't even been his problem. You know, now it's more crowded. Now it is. Yeah. Okay, and that's it for busts. Good stuff, guys. Thank you. Let's read a few emails here. One of these was actually a tweet from Aaron, who is in a 14-team, one-quarterback league. Just added IDP this year. I have no idea how that should change my approach. Help. Now, I did ask him how many IDPs we're talking about. Let mm-hmm. me see if he responded. But we haven't talked about IDP. We will when we do our draft next week, I believe. <clears throat> so what do you, what do you think? Uh, I don't know when. Actually, I don't know when the draft is. But give some IDP advice real quick. I think if you're in a league where you only start three or four individual defensive players, you shouldn't really prioritize them at all. Maybe some of the best defensive linemen you can prioritize because there aren't a lot of guys that you can use at the DL spot who are going to get you big fantasy production from week to week. Uh, I'm not even sure if I can name a bunch of DLs that, that I would be targeting in that type of a format. Once you get to a league like ours where you're starting nine IDPs, 10 IDPs, Uh, You'll look into those defensive linemen. You'll want to get high tackle linebackers, high tackle safeties. Those guys will start to proliferate into drafts probably in round six, round seven. Yeah. Another thing I would say is like some leagues, they add IDP and they start by adding one IDP player. And if that's the case, I would treat them like kickers. Because because there are more than 12 very, very, very high scoring IDP players. And okay. so even if they score a bunch, like they might they might all score more than the number five tight end, but they're all going to score more than the number five tight end. So it doesn't really matter which one you get. So how many IDPs do you have to have on, on in your lineup in order to prioritize them Wait, a little? What do you bit? mean by prioritize? If what I would say is if you're starting four or four, then I would start drafting them in like round seven or eight. And if you're starting like eight, then I would start looking for them in the round four or five. If you're starting a full defensive lineup, then maybe the very best ones go a little bit earlier. And it depends on if if it's four IDPs and they can be any position, then I think what you said, Heath, is too soon. You can wait a little while longer. It's when you've got specifics of, okay, you need to start two defensive linemen, two linebackers, two defensive backs, something like that. That's when you have to start thinking about supply and demand. And just so we have it in here, a couple of the defensive linemen that I think are worth taking early on 
There's Miles Garrett. Aaron Donald is a stud, of course. Both the Boses are good. Chase Young, I think, could be better in his second season. Are they all defensive um, linemen? Or are they, or are they linebackers? I, I, Chase Young you can use as a defensive lineman on CBS. Okay, you have to, always have to keep it in mind. The edge rushers, sometimes they have right. uh, linebacker eligibility, sometimes defensive end eligibility or defensive lineman. DeForest Buckner might be in there. Yeah, defensive line is tough to find, <laughs> uh, depending on how deep your league is, obviously. Defensive back, on the other hand, there are so many. Defensive backs are like kickers. Now, there are some great ones, but if you play in a league where you have to start multiple defensive backs, a lot of yeah. IDPs, I mean, this is a waiver wire. It's like, oh, I'll just, I'll just find somebody on the waiver wire and get me seven points or whatever. Two, two other real quick ones. Make sure you like scoring is wild across the board. So don't be an azer. Go read the rules. Um, <laughs> you need true. to know how important tackles are relative to big plays. And then one piece of advice that I would say for IDP. I don't think this is going to get implemented in any of my leagues this year, but we need to go away from the one point for a tackle, half a point for an assisted tackle. Nobody knows who who's scoring that or how they're deciding what is what. And it's just infuriating when you're watching a matchup and you need a certain number of tackles from a player waiting to see if he's going to get a full tackle or an assisted tackle for a play. Mm-hmm. And one final thing. It just brings me back to this wonderful moment last year during our podcast league draft. I don't know, maybe about eight rounds in. And people were criticizing my wide receivers, I think. And I said, hey, we only have to start two in this league. And he said, what? We only have to start two in this league. So I think he's been hanging around me a little bit too long. Didn't read the, didn't read the rules. All right, Kevin Bean is in a full PPR league with three keepers. He's keeping Ayuk and Metcalf. Should his last keeper be Miles Gaskin or Mike Davis in round 10? They're both round 10 picks, so it's just who do you like better as a keeper, Gaskin or Davis? I might change my mind on this one, but I've got Gaskin higher for now. I change my mind every day on this one. <laughs> Today is the day that I'm going to go with Miles Gaskin. This is from Craig. Four point per passing touchdown league. I drafted Josh Allen as my QB one. Who's a better guy to have on the bench, Trey Lance or Justin Fields? This is another one where I could see myself changing my tune um, as we roll along here. It's, it's Lance for now. And I wish we would see Justin Fields play in another preseason game. I know he's got the groin issue. might keep him out of the second week of the preseason. But if, if he were to go out and look good again like he did against the Dolphins, I, I would imagine that it would just be a matter of weeks before he would start for the Bears, if not week one. Lance had that great play to Sherfield. He had a lot of suspect throws. He had a lot of receivers drop passes, too. So it was very up and down. But he had a couple of near INTs against Kansas City. So maybe there's a little bit to worry about as as a passer here with Lance. Yeah, I'm going with uh I'm going with Fields and bonus you can name your t- your team Fields of Dreams. So, that's nice. Just because of him? Yeah. He's going to be that good. Okay. He he looked amazing. I'd rather he did name not it. look like a rookie at all. Oh, please. Are you kidding me? Did what? you watch that game? I, Did I've you see him in the first half? He didn't look like he a rookie. Threw he threw some a, dangerous he, passes. Yes, he had a play where he threw a, what should have been an interception, and then I don't know if it was the next play, but almost right after he fumbled. He like we need to calm yeah, down. Yeah, he was running. Justin he didn't protect the ball. That's fixable. And then yeah, okay, but the, how many? Okay, so that was a bad moments. throw. How many other bad throws did he have? He didn't. The whole team was terrible against the Dolphins' defense until the second half, until the what starters came out. Was that? What was greater, Justin Fields' incompletions or Trey Lance completions? Uh, I know the answer. <laughs> Probably Justin Fields' incompletions. By one. By one. Yep. Okay, last one here is from Matthew in Texas, where the West begins. You know that, Dave? Where, a town where the West begins in Texas. Uh, is El Paso too far west? It's got to be El Paso. Okay, then. I'm El saying Paso. El Paso. El Paso. Could I have said that like that was really pretty sure that the West begins in St. Louis. That's like the gateway <laughs> to the West, but that's the right. That's a different. Nah, it's Fort Worth. <laughs> yeah, it's like the stockyards. Yep. All right. The question is: It says, "Dear Pat, Bo, and Cam." Those are Auburn Tigers. Those are Auburn Tigers. Who's Pat? Mm. Good call. Who's Pat? Oh, I don't remember his last name. I, <laughs> I interviewed him, and I don't remember his last name. What the hell it was their quarterback? He won the Heisman. Right? Or did he not? Pat. Oh, man. 
They had Pat Dye as a coach. What was this guy's name? I think he was Shermer. No, uh, eighth pick, ten team. Pat PPR. from Saturday Night Live. In, eighth pick in a PPR league. I often see Eckler falling to me at one hundred eight and Keenan Allen at three hundred eight. I'm stuck deciding if I want to make it three charges with Justin Herbert. What do you think about putting three players from one team on your squad? In a PPR league with those two guys, I don't mind because I think they'll get a nice amount of targets every week. Throwing Herbert on top of it makes me wonder if you should be doing that in a best ball and not in a redraft. For sure. Yeah, it's a, Pat Sullivan is the quarterback you were looking for, Adam. Um, he won the oh, Heisman was, in 1971. I was thinking of Patrick Nix. Yeah, he did not win the Heisman, I don't believe. Okay, Pat Tell us Sullivan. about that interview with Pat Sullivan in 1971. Yeah, I don't believe you. <laughs> no, Patrick Nix is the one that I must have interviewed, is the one I interviewed, yeah. Um, I think he became a Miami... Yeah, he actually was Miami's offensive coordinator at one point. I interviewed him in 06. Uh, Do you remember? Doing a story on Auburn. No, I don't remember it well, so I definitely don't think he did. Um, but did you guys answer the questions? Those must be yeah. Auburn Heisman winners, by the way, right? So, uh, yeah, I don't yeah. care about the Justin Herbert thing. I would take him if he was the best quarterback available when I was ready to take a quarterback, and I wouldn't avoid him because of that. But I wouldn't target him unless it was best ball. <laughs> I got more Arnold quotes in the inbox. All right, we'll save those for another day. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. We will talk to you tomorrow with a mailbag on fantasy football today, and we also will talk to you tomorrow about our poker tournament. Unless Ben, should we do that now? Let's wait on that for now. All right. Well, we'll talk to you about our awesome poker tournament that you can be a part of on tomorrow's show. For Heath Cummings, Dave Richard, and Ben Schrager, I'm Adam Azer. Have a good one.